Today on The State of Education with Melvin Adams, our guest is experienced and award-winning educator Shelley Norton. In this episode, Shelley shares with Melvin how the introduction of new deep equity training prompted her to think critically about what was being taught in her school district. She also notes the problem created by warm bodies replacing qualified teachers in her district's classrooms. This morning, I am really delighted to have a guest with us. Her name is Shelley Norton. Uh, Shelley is from Virginia, and she is from the county of Fauquier, up kind of in the northern part, uh, north central part of the Commonwealth. Shelley is uh, an award-winning educator. Uh, and so happy to have her with us. And uh, she's got a lot of things that she's going to share with us. So stay tuned. And uh, so welcome, Shelly. Glad to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So you, before you went into education, you were in journalism or in media for a while, right? Yes. Tell us about that real quick. Um, I grew up in, in Fauquier County, and during high school, I took a, a journalism class and, and fell in love. I mean, that was what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So after, after high school, I went to George Mason University and majored in communications. Um, after graduating, I went down to West Palm Beach, Florida, and I was a producer for CBS News and Fox News. They were both run out of the same station, but they were affiliates. Mm -hmm. So I, okay. I did that for about five years, loved it. But it, it becomes your life. Um, when there were hurricanes, you were packing your bags and going to work and sleeping next to your anchors. So at a certain point, I, I just got, you know, I was watching a, a lot of people kind of go through some major life changes while they were working there and thought, I don't know if this is what, I love it, but I don't want this to be my entire life. So yeah. I decided to go back to school so, to become a teacher. And then you moved back to Virginia, right? And started teaching in Buckier County? I did. I moved All back right. in um, 2002 and began teaching in Fauquier County. I taught the, all the publications classes, um, so the newspaper, the yearbook. I taught film mm -hmm. analysis. I taught 12th grade English. My newspaper, um, the, the online journalism piece and the, the newspaper were both ranked in the top five in the Commonwealth. Um, we had a, a daily broadcast show that we did that was also award-winning. The yearbook was fantastic. I mean, things were, were going really well. Um, but then they took a turn in 2017. So, but it was, was it in 2016 that you won Teacher of the War, Teacher of the Year Award? Yes. In 2016, I was named Teacher of the Year for my school. Um, I was also named Teacher of the Year for our local VFW, uh, they, uh, one of their branches. So that okay. was a real honor. Well, congratulations on that. And uh, that's, that's a big, big success. And uh, I know you were proud of that, but you said in 2017, things started to change. And what's what happened? The first thing that happened was the, the principal that I had was hired to be the new superintendent over instruction. That a lot of people started talking when that happened, just because he had no instructional background. So people wanted, you know, they couldn't understand why we were putting in a, a person in this position, making them in charge of every instructional decision in the county when they had never taught a class. So a, a lot of people were, you know, were questioning why that that happened. Um, mm -hmm. And then I started to see that the entire county kind of take a shift. And you start, I started hearing a lot about this word equity. 
So when you first hear it, you know, and when it's presented, it sounds fantastic. It's like, yeah, everybody, you know, deserves an equal opportunity to learn. You, that's every kid is, should be entitled to that. But mm-hmm. when they are defining equity, they're defining it as um, not equal opportunities to learn, but equal outcomes. So in order to achieve those equal outcomes, they start dumbing down the education so that everybody is going to achieve at the same level. So everybody gets a trophy, whether you show up or do anything or not. In Absolutely. Essence. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And so, you know, uh, yeah, that seems to be a problem. I think most parents would have a problem with that. Obviously, I think everybody is supportive of kids getting an opportunity. That's what education should be and certainly what public education is supposed to make possible. Uh, so that you know every everybody that lives in the in the educational area there uh, has opportunity to go to school and get a quality education. So you said things started to shift. You started to see quite a shift. So that shift in policy, what did you start to see out of that? Essentially, the, the dumbing down of the, the education system. Um, the first thing that happened was the homework policy. You weren't allowed to give, I think it was, homework can only count as 10% of the grade. You couldn't give it over weekends and you couldn't give it over, you know, holidays. So mm-hmm. when you've got classes that are more advanced, that really, the kids need to do more work outside of school to kind of keep up with the, the curriculum. Right. Um, so that was the first thing. The second before, when you would take an AP class or an honors class, you used to have to get a teacher recommendation that they did away with that. So that was another thing that changed kind of right off the bat. Um, And and it hurt AP teachers because there were all these kids that were taking the class that really weren't prepared to be in that class and they weren't willing to do the work. So it was slowing down the class, reducing Mm -hmm. the rigor of the class. So Mm -hmm. it just really started to hurt, you know, some of these policies really started to hurt the education system. Well, so what did, what did you, I mean, how did you react? I mean, did you see that in your own classes or was it just something you were seeing and hearing across the board and from some of your colleagues? Uh, A little of both. I think it started off, I I wasn't teaching any of those, the AP classes, so I didn't really see it at the beginning. Um, But when the homework policy came down, I heard from students who were impacted by it, how that they were upset about it. Um, and that, well, I, I don't know, I really started looking into, so in 2017, we have what's called the teacher convocation. So when you go back to school at the beginning of the school year, mm-hmm. everybody gets together, you know, for the annual convocation. So in 2017, and that was the same year that they hired uh, Mr. Warner, in 2017, that the theme of, the, um, of that conference was equity. So, and I've got some video that I'll share with you all. And what really struck me with that video was it was all about black and white. Um, It it didn't address kids with special needs, Um, Mm -hmm. um, socioeconomics. Um, It really was just black and white. So that was when I really got a glimpse of kind of where we were heading with this equity piece. And so after convocation, they hired another person as the supervisor over science and PE. After she was hired into that position, 
she received another responsibility, and that was to be the lead for deep equity. So now we've gone from equity to deep equity, and I start researching deep equity to see what that's all about. Tell us more about that for those that that aren't familiar with that. So deep equity is a program that, and I we they were doing it in Falkier and Winchester and in Arlington, I believe, and they spent about seventy five thousand dollars, I think, on this this program. And basically, what they 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 take a group of people and they train them, and then those people come back into all the schools, and then they're supposed to train them from there. So that's kind of how it funnels down. But what really struck me was some of the things that he said. So when I was researching Gary Howard, he's got, he had something called the conference on white privilege. And then this is a little bit of what I read. Part of this need is generated by the growing evidence that many white Americans may not be comfortable with the transition from their dominant status. As our population becomes more diverse, we have seen an alarming increase in acts of overt racism. The number and size of hate groups in the United States is rising. Groups such as the Aryan Nation, neo-Nazis, and skinheads tend to play on the anger, ignorance, and fears of the more alienated, disenfranchised, and uneducated segments of white society. Um, And then he went on to say, "Too too many segments of our white American population remain committed to their position of dominance. They are willing to defend it and legitimize it, even in the face of overwhelming evidence that our world is rapidly changing. Taken as a whole, these realities strongly suggest that a peaceful transition to a new kind of America in which no ethic or cultural group is in a dominant position will require considerable change in education and deep psychological shifts for many white Americans. Um, And and it goes on and on from there. But when I read that, I mean, it was eye opening. I'm like, what what is this? And why is this even being taught in our schools? So this was being taught primarily at this point then to teachers so that teachers could teach it to their classrooms. Is that what I'm hearing you say? That, yes. At the, at the beginning, it was. And one of the things that the school system kept saying was that it was never taught to students. Well, also in 2017, they encouraged teachers to start using Twitter. So if anybody wants to know what's happening in their schools, they, they need to get a Twitter account and follow the teachers, the principals, um, because that they provide everything pretty much right there. So when I went on to Twitter... I saw the person that was the lead for deep equity teaching deep equity to a group of students at a high school, a local high school. And the picture is right there with with them being taught implicit bias. I mean, all all these elements that are part of deep equity. Let me just kind of pull this in for just a second here, uh, because we're getting into terms and things that started to happen. Um, And so what I'm hearing you say is, what you started to see was that some new teaching started to come in that were basically focused on, uh, you know, targeting particular racial groups, separating people by race and, you know, um, and shifting, trying to shift a mindset so that people uh, particularly of a white race, um, would accept the fact that they were not going to be a majority or a, a dominant race in the future of America and so forth. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes, that was the research that I, you know, when I was researching this topic, that was what I was reading 
in the research mm-hmm. that I was doing and, mm-hmm. and was honestly shocked um, that this was even being presented. I mean, Fauquier County is a pretty conservative county for the most part. So right. for that to even come into this county, it was it was just eye opening. It was almost you know like waking up in the twilight zone. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting. A lot of people are don't realize this, but this kind of stuff, as you said, has been going on for a while, and uh, actually were the seeds being planted, which then sprung up in more in the last couple of years, the whole concept of critical race theory, which we've heard about ad nauseum. Um, you know, this is really the seeds of that being planted into the system. Um, and, and it was being done not just in certain urban centers or whatever, but it was being done largely across the board with particular school systems uh, kind being the pilot projects. Is that what is that what you experienced? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And people at that point, it was pre-COVID. So, you know, most families, you've got two parents who are working and they don't really they didn't have time to really pay attention to what was happening in the school system. So it was very easy to kind of push this through under everybody's radar. Uh, And that's essentially what what was happening. So that's why I felt the need to speak out about it, because I wanted people to know, you know, that this is what's coming into our schools. So at that time, you began to speak out about it. Is that Mm -hmm. correct? Yes. Yes. All right. So tell us about that and tell us what some of the results were. So when you become a teacher, and I think it's probably true for any government employee and you're signing a contract, you sign something saying that um, you're, you're not going to speak badly about the system, essentially. So mm-hmm. I thought because I lived in the county that I worked in and I was a taxpayer here that I wouldn't speak out as a teacher, but I could speak out as a taxpayer. So that was kind of the approach that I took. And I started to do some research. And what I found was that when that conversation about deep equity started, prior to that, SOL scores for every demographic were rising. When deep equity entered the picture, the SOL scores for every demographic began to fall. So that was interesting. And at the same time that all of these scores are falling, um, our county kept pitching the fact that we've got record graduation rates. So it's like, this doesn't add up, you know, what's going on here and why are people asking these questions? So that was one of the big things that I noticed. Then around 2019, we started to have record numbers of teachers just leaving the system for for various reasons. Um, And it's just gotten progressively worse. Well, this year, right currently, we've got 50 unfilled teaching seats for the 2021-2022 school year, which is almost over. And in February, another 30, 31 teachers quit the school system. So we've mm-hmm. only got, you know, 800 school teachers total. So what's happened, they've brought in all of these teachers. You, you basically, you've got warm bodies right now in a bunch of classrooms. You've got kids that are sitting through Algebra 1 classes with teachers who don't know Algebra 1, or kids that are sitting through French classes with, with teachers who don't know that language. So that, that's really, so when you're talking about equity and what kids deserve, I think that every student deserves a qualified educator in front of a classroom so that they're given that same opportunity to succeed. You know, if my child has got an algebra one teacher who knows algebra and yours has a long-term sub, how is that even going back to their term equitable 
you're not going to get the same outcome because mine, right. mine is going to come out knowing algebra and yours is not. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's kind of the way that I approached this whole thing was just, you know, saying, look, this is, this is what we need to do to fix the system. Um, it, it's not this thing with deep equity and the fact that you've, you've got a bunch of white people oppressing, you know, black students or, I just thought it was crazy and that nobody was looking into the real issues that were happening in the system. So what I'm hearing then is that under the, under the guise of equity, uh, basically concepts were being planted that were dividing, uh, communities and, uh, and not only that, um, what start happening was people started leaving the system because they did not approve many, many teachers. And I've talked to many teachers uh, who, who said, wait a second, you know, I don't like this. And it's not the race side of the thing. It's just the whole concept, the breaking down, literally the breaking down of uh, an appropriate way of uh, bringing qualified faculty and teachers and so forth, and making sure that those students actually get to receive instruction from somebody who's knowledgeable, who has some experience, and who can actually help them succeed in that subject matter. Um, but, But since that was no longer really the focus, the focus was no longer achievement, but outcomes, uh, that were unified across the board. It kind of, and, and of course we know that so much of this comes out of kind of a socialist communist kind of a mindset. It really does. And, uh, you know, I'll just throw this in for free. I, I grew up in East Africa and, uh, while over there, the country went through a Soviet-type system, you know, revolution, and uh, basically Soviet-style communism came into that country. And, you know, what they were promoting was that it was going to make everybody equal. It gave everybody, they were all going to be on the same playing field. You know, the, the rich wouldn't gonna, weren't going to be rich anymore. The poor weren't going to be poor. And everybody was going to be of equal status. Uh, unfortunately, what we saw in that unfold in that country and what we see unfold in every country that really pursues that concept to its end is that it drags everybody down until pretty much everybody is at, at poverty level. And, you know, there's no more stuff and there's no more opportunity. And so, yep, we have an equal outcomes. And, and so what I'm hearing you say is to some extent, that's what was being introduced into our schools. Yes. And I'll tell you another great, um, a person who's got a great story about similar to what you were just talking about, she Van Fleet. I don't know if you're familiar with she, she, um, she's the one who spoke out at the Loudoun school board meeting about yeah. the cultural revolution that she lived through in China and just the, the commonalities between what we're seeing here and what she went through as a young girl, even using the term woke, you know, they, they identified people as the, the most woke, which is, 
very, you know, very similar to what we're doing here and now. So it's, it's, it's eye-opening, it's scary, the direction that we're headed. And I hope that more people are willing to take a stand and say, you know, this isn't where we want to go. This is what, we don't want our kids being indoctrinated and it's got to stop. Thanks so much for tuning in with us today. That's what we're all about here at Noah Webster Educational Foundation. We want to make it easier for you to engage with your local government and school system, whether you're a parent, educator, legislator, or simply a concerned citizen. Before we end today's episode, here's a little snippet of our next episode. I had never seen a student protest during the instructional day. In 2018, our superintendent actually helped organize a, a student protest, a walkout. So that that was brand new. I mean, before that had never happened before. If any if anybody had done that, they would have been reprimanded. You know, there would have been consequences. Join the conversation today on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or visit our website at www.nwef.org. The views of our guests are not necessarily those of the Noel Webster Educational Foundation. We'll see you next time on the State of Education with Melvin Adams.